It's been a while. Uh, I I think the last time we saw each other was Disneyland, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it was uh Disneyland in person, for... I mean, cuz I was on I was on uh the, the charity stream. Um, oh yeah, but, we had we had Indyland yeah. last year, which right. we, we kind of saw each other, but at least physically we saw each other during that would have been uh, game days. Game days, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was with uh, with Ray as well. Yeah, uh, which was yeah, that was a good time. Uh, so it's it's been a hot second, but uh, how have things been? All things considered, <laughs> I think things have been pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, I think, uh, you know, I have an office down here in Torrance, and there's 20 of us working out of it, and so now mm. with with kind of the COVID lockdown happening, we went from 20 people in the office to probably just me. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, uh, you know, my manager, Frazier, or uh, my merch guy, Ted, so it's it's kind of been the three of us in our own bubble, just kind of yeah. checking in with each other, but for the most part, uh, it's been pretty pretty isolating, to say the least, obviously, just given everything with the world. Sure, sure. Yeah. How are you? I I'm, you know, like uh good as I can be. Yeah, like I um I think I managed to make the transition to COVID quarantine like okay, like mm-hmm. with like, you know, uh voiceover and such. A lot of it is either done with safety regulations um in studio or done at home. So, nothing too too crazy. Uh what have you, if you have free time, what is, what has been taking up your free time? Anything, anything you're up to? Oh man. I wish, I wish I feel like I had more free time. I think kind of what I, what I've kind of fallen into is, um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of wrestling, uh, okay. which is something that I, I grew up a lot with when I was a kid. I was super into sure. wrestling um and then when i got into high school i kind of got over it but uh i you know like in 2015 when xavier woods and and the new day guys Mm. were in the gaming scene with up up down down i i hung out with them a lot i met with them and like at the top of the pandemic i subscribed to wwe network Mm. and just started watching old matches from when i was a kid matches that i saw in person i never actually got to see what the camera shots look like. So um, I've kind of been using that as my motivation to, to, to stay in shape and to stay focused. I've been trying to, uh, you know, I put on a ton of weight at the beginning and and kind of, you know, in the middle of the pandemic. And so I've been working really hard to, I changed my diet completely. I'm, I'm sleeping Mm. better. I'm, I'm working out, you know, at least, at least four times a week, Uh, mostly Mm -hmm. cardio just to, you know, try and shed the weight. Cause man, that's, that's the that's the big thing that really affected me was just the the you know staying at home eating yeah. not exercising just kind of got to me right right uh, I've got a lot of friends who are into the wrestling I have like no exposure to it at all other than what I see on like Twitter but as a kid was it the uh, the spectacle the storylines the the personalities what was it what was it then that was the appeal and then what is it now has it changed your like what what appeals to you or is it nostalgic or what is it? It's funny you say that because I actually been asking myself that the last few weeks yeah. more recently, given how like I'm I'm now an adult who's into it. Um, uh-huh. I think when I was a kid, it was really born in in the spectacle of the characters. You know, mm. seeing like you know everyone always loves the Rock in movies, but kind of knowing who the Rock was before he was a star. 
Yeah, and he was my he was my favorite wrestler, and and to see him succeed as as an actor, as a voice actor, as a performer, is is kind of what was my guiding light as a young boy because I was into theater and film and voice acting, and that was my you know initial creative charge for why I ended up on YouTube, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the only thing about wrestling that I loved so much that I couldn't have, because you know I was I was disabled for a lot a long part of my life. I couldn't really do mm. any physical activity, and seeing these actors or these performers, these entertainers, get on stage and cut a really like funny as hell aggressive Macho Man promo, and then go into this beautiful ballet of violence, always was just. <laughs> the most fascinating thing of, of the, the duality of man, right? Like the compassion sure. and the emotions versus the physicality of beating someone up. And I think the spe- the storylines were always funny, but to me mm. it was about the performances. It was always about mm. looking at, you know, like when you think about The Rock, for example, and what people know of him, you know, yeah. he he gives himself all these incredible names, you know, the people's champion, the 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 great one, and mm-hmm. his, the people's eyebrow is like his moniker, and his move is the people's elbow, where he, like, throws his arms from side to side and like leaps from one side of the ring and delivers an elbow drop. And you think about that, you're like that's so stupid, that's so <laughs> dumb, right? Yeah, but yeah. You look at that and you go, but there's appeal. There's a reason why he he succeeded from that and why people loved him and still love him to this day, for that matter. And I think sure. that's why I connected with it so much. And, and being an older guy now, looking back and talking to to Adam Cole and Xavier Woods and those guys, seeing yeah. seeing them kind of be the new modern age wrestlers. And those guys are our age, which is really rad. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. within our age range. So it's interesting knowing those guys who are in the industry now because they approach it so much more methodically and carefully and and they really think about what they're going to do next and mm. that just makes me honor it even more and and, and or appreciate it more because then you really as an actor go, oh it's a play it's it's memorizing lines and it's, yeah. it's memorizing moments and beats and living in those beats and moments and getting your objective and your want and so you know there is this soap opera-esque thing to it all but it's just so fascinating to see these guys do their thing and 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 you know they're having fun that's the best part Mm. is there's a certain level of fun to it you know right when you were a kid uh did you understand that it was uh like a story or were you like convinced it was it was real i think there was a part of me that knew was it was not real but i Mm. think that's what made it more fun because i i was the kid that was told wrestling is fake before i even liked it and I think uh-huh. because because I knew it was fake, it like let me have no expectations. Yeah. So you know, so to think about like it's fake, but like this dude jumped off a thirty foot ladder and landed on his back. Like no right. matter what you say, that hurts. That's a painful yeah. feat this guy did. Whether yes. or not the circumstance was was real or not doesn't matter. This man just threw himself off of a ladder thirty feet in the air and did a flip. That's gotta hurt, and and that to me was always the fun part. Was it may be fake in terms of the stories, but the physicality was super real and still is real. Yeah, like I feel like anyone who just—I don't think it's something people really say now, but back in the day, were like wrestling's fake. It's like, do you also go to like musicals and shout at the <laughs> stage like, <laughs> "This is fake. This these people aren't real." Uh, like, uh, you know, I, I always think, yeah, it's like because it's it's. I guess because people are like, oh, well, it's a sport, right? Well, 
it's more than a, it's a show, right? It's a, it's a performance, like you said. Like, it's acting and, you know, uh, it really is like a play with huge stunts, which is fucking rad. Like, I, I look at, like, clips of sort of modern wrestling and go, huh, I kind of want to, like, check that out. Like, something about that is really, um, it has the same sort of, um, maybe not the same sort of appeal, but a similar appeal to how people are really into tokusatsu shows you know tokusatsu like sentai common writer yeah you know, that sort of thing where it's yeah, campy yeah, yeah. right it's campy but it's bold and just full of fun and you know people who are really into tokusatsu are really into it just like wrestling fans are yeah uh, so there's some, there's like an infectious sort of quality of fun to it that i i could totally um get behind well, um, you know, I, I know that you're a you're a big uh, theme park guy, and you know, yes. I'm, I'm sure you've been to Universal Studios many a time, mm-hmm. and you've gone and seen the Waterworld show, right? No one remembers Waterworld the movie, but uh, right, that show is amazing. That show is incredible. You have dudes, you know, getting shot with grenade launchers and falling into the water, and there's stuntmen, and that's basically what wrestling is, just with a lot more stunts. And so when you yeah. kind of pull back a little bit and kind of see where the the elements are you start to kind of fall in love with with the 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 stunt aspect you know and and the the acting part is what justifies the stunt mm-hmm. yeah no it's great uh you mentioned something before that i don't think i actually knew and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to but you mentioned you were actually disabled when you were younger physically yeah well and it it's 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 really fascinating especially because one of the big things i've been learning about my health in more recent times is 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 the diagno- the diagnosis of my life has changed quite a bit especially in the last 48 hours um mm. but uh the day i was born i was born i was born january 3rd 1988 and i was born with this blue like almost like rubbery mass in my back it looked like i had okay. a blue thing sticking out right above my tailbone and huh. this was in you know 1988 where the technology was up and coming but there wasn't sure. a lot of known qualities about this and yeah. so um i have a huge scar on my spine they cut me wide open they looked at it and instead of having like lower back muscle in its place was this blue kind of um non-cancerous mass Huh. That was there, and it was like embedded into my spinal cord, like it's a part of my system. Mm. And the doctors took it out as much as they could, but they were worried if they yeah. took too much that I could be paralyzed from the waist down, or I could uh-huh. something you know could happen. And so they patched me up, and they told my parents, "Look, as long as he has a normal childhood and he doesn't hurt himself, you know, this mass should go away, and his his um, you know." his immune system should just build up a tolerance to all these masses and he'll just mm. get rid of it. Um, they called it spinal hemangioma, which is okay. basically my body creates these non cancerous masks that just show up. And the way I describe it is like, imagine if you got off of a freeway and the freeway doesn't actually go anywhere. And then eventually enough cars pile up on the freeway to then like get onto the freeway and be a problem. That's basically what they are is they just, they get in the way. Um, I see. And so when I was three, I fell off a swing set, landed right on my spine, went Oof. back to the doctor. It, it inflamed. It was enlarged. And it expanded to the rest of my of my um, my immune system and mm. kind of solidified itself within me. And so 
from basically from from the day I was born until today, I have gotten a lot of corrective procedures, a lot of MRIs, a lot of tests, mm. a lot of the early uh, knowledge of this stuff. Uh, you know, they write about patient X in books. I'm patient X. Like, there's not wow. a lot of known things about it. And uh-huh. uh, I recently just switched from my insurances because, yay America, health insurance. Mm-hmm. And I switched from Blue Shield to Kaiser. And in joining mm-hmm. Kaiser, I showed them my records, showed them my diagnosis. And they were like, oh, no, you don't have what you think you have. You have something else. And they're oh. they're similar. They're very, very similar in the same category. But what I actually ended up having, it wasn't spinal hemangioma. It was something called blue – what is it called? Blue rubber – I got to look it up because the name is, is super complicated. It sounds way less scientific. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds it, really it, stupid. It starts with that. It's called blue rubber bleb nevis syndrome. Okay. And it's a rare disorder that basically is – abnormal blood vessels that affect the skin or internal organs organs and it's a disease and they basically these these mm. blue little masses appear on my body and they fill with blood and they get big and big and big and they're very rubbery they don't you know they don't pop like like pimples or anything um yeah. but when they get really big in certain areas of my body they actually affect how i function um mm, okay when i was a kid i had one right on my lip that like yeah. blew up and it would constantly pop. And so people would be like, oh, you have chocolate on your mouth. And they'd give me a napkin. And I'm like, that's not chocolate. That's blood. That's gross. Um, mm. So I've gotten, I think like, I think I've gotten, if I recall, I'm at 22 corrective procedures. Um, wow. Yeah. It, it was, it was a really debilitating part of my life. But I think the reason why I was able to bounce back from it so strongly was because that kind of propelled me at a young age to get into acting and performing because yeah. I could be someone who I wasn't. I could, I could be not me and take mm. on the role of a character or a person. And just for that one little moment, I didn't have to worry about my health problems. And that was kind of my, my true kind of drive to, to become an actor. Gotcha. Uh, and so this still is it as severe as it was when you were younger today. Um, not as severe, but, uh, Lately, I've been getting a lot more new ones that show up. You know, I mm. I, I got a lot of corrective procedure. The last major one I got, I was 19. And they uh-huh. kind of said, hey, we dried out the big mass, so you should be okay. But in the last, I'd say, two years, probably since the beginning of the pandemic and a little extra more, uh, I've gotten a lot of new ones and a lot of a mm. lot of evasive ones that have required some, some pretty immediate surgery. There was a fear that dermatologists didn't want to touch these because they would never – they would – you know, can't get them to stop bleeding and whatnot. But uh-huh. now that dermatologists have insane technology of burning and cauterizing and freezing, it's mm-hmm. it's so much more treatable to handle the surface ones. So if I get okay. new ones, I just go to a dermatologist and they they burn them off no problem or, or cut them or freeze them. But uh, the ones that are underneath the skin, the ones that affect my muscles or or that kind of stuff, those ones require very very serious surgery where they have to cut the skin and and make sure mm. that the uh uh that the mass is not embedded into any kind of organs or systems so those are the ones that are always the scariest but i haven't had one of those procedures probably since i was about 25 that was the last time gotcha. i had a serious one gotcha wow yeah i i, I didn't i never knew of that uh i is now is it um besides obviously the you know 
it just sucking in a lot of ways, but does it, is it life-threatening in any way, or is it more so just as long as you get the procedures, you're okay, or? It's, it's, mo- it's mostly just annoying, but I think mm-hmm. now that it's been diagnosed to be blue rubber bleb and this syndrome, God, it's still can't get over the name, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, they say that uh, one of the most common there's only 150 known cases that have been documented on 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 this this blue rubber bleb nevis syndrome thing mm-hmm. and um they say that if it gets to your uh gastrointestinal tract that's mm-hmm. a problem because okay. then it just then it just bleeds into your gi tract and you can't stop it and so um, I see. one of the more common things is uh of a sign of this is that you become super anemic. Um, mm. And I recently was diagnosed with, with severe anemia. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of been a little, a little worrying, worrying 48 hours for me because I'm about to go in to go see a neurologist and they're going to check my GI tract and, and hopefully there's nothing there and that I'm okay. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise uh, it could lead to some pretty severe complications but besides that scary life thing, the rest has been very, very treatable, very doable. Most of it's just been an annoyance or a visual thing. Like if I go swimming, someone's like, oh, God, what, what the hell's on your arms? And I'm like, I, I can't explain. It's, it's going to take three hours. Mm, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well, I, I, so I hope I didn't bring up something you didn't want to talk about. No, like, no, know, no. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. open about this stuff. This is sure, if, I, sure. if I can educate and help someone and inform stuff, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, for me, um, uh, not not. I mean, I don't want to like you know necessarily say this is comparable to, but something that I have grown up with my whole life is. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm basically half blind. Uh, in in one of my eyes is basically blind. I don't know if I've ever spoken to you. No, about I this. had. I, I mean, I know you had glasses, but I never knew it was that severe. Uh, it's pretty severe. Uh, basically, when I uh, was I, you know what, uh, you know, are you familiar with cataracts? Yes. Yeah. So when I when I was born, I had cataracts, uh, pretty severe cataracts, and so through, um, pretty much like up to I want to say, first grade, a lot of elementary school, there was a lot, there was a lot of surgery. Uh, so I had a cataract surgery in first grade. Uh, but by then, um, it was pretty much too late because, uh, you know, your vision develops when you're younger, right? Um, like when, you know, all that, that developmental phase of the brain basically is all early childhood, but since, uh, the cataracts or whatever blocked it, uh, even with the cataracts removed and I've had laser, I've also had like laser eye surgeries on it. That doesn't, that doesn't really do anything. Excuse me. The it is essentially like, uh, yeah, that eye just won't work right. Like it, it's it's very hard to describe. But basically, looking through my, uh, this one, this one eye, uh, it's like an incomplete image almost. It's 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 very hard to describe to people because they go, "Is it blurry?" I'm like, "It's not." I mean, it is blurry, but it it just it almost feels like you're not getting the full picture. Like I can see, quote unquote, but it's, um, like. Yeah, no, it, it it's an incomplete image. Uh, so yeah, my right eye is the is basically what I really see through, uh, and I have like prism, like a prism on my glasses to help, like sort of correlate the vision. But it's it does I still can't really see through it. 
and actually, as a result, I've spoken. I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but um, a couple of years ago, uh, I can not. Well, it's a compli- No, that's not complicated. But basically, I I no longer drive anymore. Uh, gotcha. Because of it, because uh, California's driving laws are much stricter. Um, I had I was driving for you know, uh, fucking. 14 years 13 years right no problem and then when i moved here and went in to renew my license because i failed the obviously failed the eye test on my left eye um they basically told me because uh, in california california is one of the few states where if you want to drive you ha- or like drive no problem you have to have vision in both eyes Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of states like Michigan, where I where I was from, there was just one eye is good enough, um, and so I would have to get like a doctor's permission to maybe take the test again, and it was all this shit, and I was like, you know, fuck it, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to <laughs> deal, I don't want to deal with this shit again, like you know, going through all these hoops of maybe getting doctor's permission to maybe get to take the, I don't want to take the fucking driver's test again. So it, 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 I was honestly a little insulted. Like I, you know, can't you see I've been driving for like, you know, 12, 14 years, no problem. But um, at this point now, it's like get rides or lift because uh, it's like I don't, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I also hated driving anyway. <laughs> uh, I mean, in, so in LA, I, in LA specifically, it's like. <laughs> You're yeah. not missing that much. <laughs> I'm not missing a whole lot. I had a lot of anxiety driving anyway. So yeah. for, me, for you know my wife, it was she was like, just, just stop driving. Like you don't you hate driving? I'm like, yeah. So that that's sort of been uh, my own little <laughs> medical <laughs> experience in my life that I don't think a lot of people know about. But um, you know, it, it's uh, it's also a thing. Um, do you feel Do you feel like because of of your eye? that it's kind of this is more of a philosophical question than anything do you feel like Mm. it's made you stronger or made you more resilient to like living your Mm. life normally uh i do think so yes because i think a lot of people take a lot of things for granted right yeah and i'm sure you feel this way right like like yeah like well you have no health problems (laughs) like uh oh that sounds great like and you know for and for me, you know, my eye, I don't have any, like, severe health problems aside from that. But I have, I have like, you know, I'm not, I've got, like, bad genes, basically. So yeah. I've got, like, cholesterol problems and shit. And so, but really the eye thing, it is kind of like, a, yeah, I mean, at least you got both eyes working, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. At least, at least you don't have to worry about driving. I mean, uh, on a, even on, like, a... Um, just like simple things of like, man, it must be nice to, uh, swim, uh, without just being completely blind, <laughs> like not yeah. being able to see anything, uh, shit like that. But obviously for you, you, yeah, you must feel the same. I, way. I, I dream, I dream of the day that I can touch my toes again. You know what I mean? Mm, I wish, because mm. I, I grew up as a performer, you know, dancer, singer. So I used to be very flexible, and sure, over the years, my back getting worse and worse because of the mass. It's like I can't even get past my knees, and I'm like, it'd be so mm. great if I could put socks on without being in pain. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. It's like, but you've been doing cardio, which God, I need to. I should. 
I should honestly be doing that. Uh, uh, I I have, I I definitely uh, developed some bad habits during this quarantine. Like I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, I think what, yeah, uh, for me before quarantine, like I was doing pretty good, like going going to the sort of gym in our complex, like you know regularly and that sort of thing, and then. Well, that closed down because of COVID, and I don't have a convenient way of exercising. Yes, I could walk outside, but, uh, you know, going outside is a whole thing. <sighs> so, uh, for you, I guess, I'm, I'm curious, what, for your cardio, is that just running outside? Do you have, like, a treadmill? Do you what, what, What's your sort of uh, routine? You're, uh, you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> oh, try uh, me. Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, shit. Do you, do you have a machine? I do. Yeah. Whoa, that's yeah. awesome. Okay. So, uh, when I was when I first started YouTube in 2011, uh, after like in my mind I was like, man, it'd be so cool to have my own DDR machine. I made no money on YouTube for the first four or five years, mm-hmm. and so I just kept thinking to myself, like, man, if I could just get a DDR machine, like I wouldn't care about not making any money. You know, it just yeah, that's the dream. And yeah. so, uh, uh, Proton John and his now wife Lukajin uh, mm-hmm. on- online. They were my friends, and they knew I really wanted one, and so they held like a, a stream to raise money to help me get one. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I got one. I got a DDR eighth mix, which is DDR extreme, and because my favorite at the time, and uh, it still is. And I got the machine, and I I've taken care of it over the years. It's been my favorite thing of all time. But as you probably know, with our with antiques like arcades, if they're not like well proper, you know, looked at for. Uh, it they can break pretty easily and so Mm. um a couple years ago my machine broke and i was freaking out about it i didn't know what to do i was real depressed like man this is this is my pride and joy you know i want to be able to to keep doing this thing you know yeah um and so uh i had a friend uh in the in who's a uh his name's damien he uh he's really into restoring arcade machines and stuff and he had a friend of a friend uh, who was a fan of mine, and mm. they were very much in the zone of like, hey, did you know that you can take your arcade machine and turn it into a big USB hub for your computer? Oh. And I was like, no, I didn't. And so these guys came over. They installed a like a brand new, beautiful LED screen in my machine, yeah. and they took the speakers, the lights, and the actual dance pads from a machine and turned them into USB. So I can hook it up into a computer. So wow. I was able to get Step Mania, which is like the most common emulator-esque type program for Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. And people on the online have been making official dance packs for years. Uh-huh. And so they just literally plugged them into my computer. I installed Step Mania and within about five minutes, I had every DDR song ever officially released. Wow. And uh, what was dope. even cool about that is I realized that it's a normal computer. So I stream myself playing Dance Dance Revolution. And it's been such a awesome journey because fans can can donate money or spend channel points or whatever to pick a song. And so they'll be like, <laughs> hey, Gerard, play this song on the hardest setting. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, you know, Sora Fan 20, 22, let's do this. Yeah. And uh, it's been fun because people have been watching my progression since I started. So 
it's getting more difficult on me to it, I'm, I'm 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 adapting faster than i thought i would and so mm-hmm. i'm already down about 25 pounds and i'm, I'm still hoping to to keep nice. it going for a while but it's been really fun to have my community kind of involved in that that uh that that little bit of health encouragement too it's been really cool are you dope at it are you very good <laughs> yeah yes i would say yeah. I'm, I'm i'm pretty good at it i wouldn't say you know i like if i were to go into the arcades right now um to play against other players i would probably lose nine out of ten times because while i am pretty good i i play for fun and i don't play for points <laughs> sure and sure. a lot of of the DDR scene, especially back when I was playing it a ton in arcades, mm. they're like, man, if you don't, if you get more than 10 greats on a song, you're trash. And so, <laughs> uh, that's kind of been my mentality whenever I'm, I'm playing a song and I'm like, I got 20 greats. I'm the worst player of all time. I need to walk away from the machine. <laughs> wow. But for you, so you're basically, you're, you're very good for compared to, let's say the average person. Like you're like, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, yeah, because for me, I'm I I I have no little to no experience, so I would be dog shit. But I, if I watched <laughs> you, I'm sure I'd be fucking amazed. Is there a favorite track of all time? Oh man, um, yeah, I think I forget what it's called. So most most of the DDR Japanese songs are way better than the American songs. I grew mm. up. So so how I got into DD, to DDR is when I was like 13 or 14, I was a really heavy set kid. And my sister had friends over, and I had a PS2, and they were like, hey, we're going to play DDR. I didn't know what it was, but they asked me to set it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the original, like, mixes of DDR in the States were very, like, basic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of, like, Butterfly, you know? Everyone's always talking about mm-hmm. that one DDR song, Butterfly. I, 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 you're my little butterfly. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that song. Um but I learned quickly that after playing those mixes so often that like no one plays those songs and everyone play everyone plays the the Japanese versions or like the the, the higher mixes mm. and so I learned pretty quickly to not get too attached to any one song. Sure. Um, but uh, and and most of them are from are from uh, you know like anime from Japan or. Or, or Korean shows or things like that. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs is called um, Sobaku Freckles. Sobaku and it's this Freckles. really kind of uh, J-poppy uh, song. And it's it's just, it's, it's it's fun, you know. It's it's not too too difficult. It's very endurance-based, you know. It's not like a lot, of, not a lot of jumping, but a lot of kind of what I call is, running in place. Is it the Roni Kenshin opening? It might be. So is it Sobak, are you saying Sobakasu? Yes. Yeah, that's the Rooney Kenshin opening. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's a great song. Yeah, so in in, in the States, we, we'd call it, uh, like, sobu, Sobuka Freckles, because, like, in Japanese, we can't read it, so they, just call, it, they call it Freckles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. This one's like, da 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 Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah Rooney Kenshin opening. Yeah, that's a great yeah. song. I figured as much. I, f- I figured it's a it's a it's a popular anime. I know like the loop in the thirds theme is on there too, mm. um, and a lot of songs like that. But uh, yeah, Freckles is hands down one of my favorites because it's a nice it's a nice balance between uh, difficult, but the song is so fun you just mm. don't see the difficulty catch up to you. It's kind of sure. just like yeah, uh, like you're going for a jog, if you will, and it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. That's a good choice. Um, now, 
uh, I like to give the guests an opportunity. Um, is there a topic that you would like to bring up or a question for me or anything um, that comes to mind for you? If not, don't worry about it. But if there is, uh, I'd like to give you a chance to either bring up something or ask me anything. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I talked about this a little bit when you and I first met at Game Days. Because we had known each other on, on Twitter, DMs, mm-hmm. and Facebook for, for quite some time. But yeah. we didn't actually hang out until game days mm-hmm. i'm always curious uh when i talk to my other creator friends um as the years go on it feels like the the circle of of who we communicate with and trust gets like smaller and smaller mm. um so i wanted to ask, what i wanted to kind of ask you is is i guess looking at the year 2021 in its own bubble with part sure. two of 2022 or 2020 yeah. um where where do you feel like we're all going to be a couple of years from now with regards to how this industry is going? You know, like mm. I'm I'm desperately looking for myself personally into into getting off of of YouTube and social media and trying to get more into the, the traditional production side. But mm. do you kind of see? Yeah, you know, what are your feelings and thoughts about that? I guess. Sure. No, I think that's a great question. I guess before I answer, I'm actually curious. You say production. Where would you like to be? sort of position wise let's say in the future if you could if, if if things go like exactly the way you want uh yeah i mean i would love to to make films or series mm. for for a major corporation like a, a hulu or a netflix um whether i'm producing behind the scenes or on the star it doesn't really matter i'm mm. you know i i think my uh my my, my friends and i joke around that like I'm the Adam Sandler of the group in the essence that I just am trying to get as famous as possible so that we can just get paid to make dumb shit the way that we want to. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, out of all my friends, uh, there's a few of us that like that succeeded in our fields, but um, I'm, I've been the one that's kind of been hiring my friends to stay with me and to produce stuff with me because, mm. you know, I've, I've, you know, achieved my dreams as a YouTuber, as a creator, you know, I've, I've, I obviously have more ambitions and, and things I want to accomplish, sure. but I really want to get to a point where I can go to my friends who are producing things or want to produce things and go, don't worry about it. Here's the money. Make your thing. You know, mm. let's make your cartoon show. Sure. Let's make your album. Let's, let's, let's make your short film or your, your, let's put on a play or a musical in Los Angeles in a theater somewhere. Yeah. Cause I've, I've always been that creative type that just wants to produce and make things. And that's why I kind of got on YouTube to begin with, because I was kind of tired of, of working for someone else to, to work on their thing mm-hmm. instead of working on my thing and, and, and hopefully making more things to come out of that. So that's kind of, where I'm hoping to be right is to is to have my audience on online transfer into the other things that mm. don't rely on a YouTube algorithm or a, sure. a social media post. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, it, it's it's interesting. Like um, in terms of YouTube, uh, I I've always tackled YouTube on my own. Like I've always pursued it and tackled it on my own terms. Uh, I, I, I stubbornly refuse to compromise uh, and always have gone th- this is how I like to do it uh, despite the fact that uh, it, it would be much smarter to not um, but I, th- I think what has helped me sort of uh, is that my priority was always voice acting first and foremost mm-hmm. no matter what right um, so 
you know, my my sort of ambition is to just keep doing what I'm doing, right? Like the vo- the voice the voice acting and a- I mean voice acting acting it to me it's you know the same, but acting is what's most important. And then if YouTube keeps going, that's great. I mean, like uh, if if I um, you know you see a lot you think about a lot of channels, right? Because you know you and I have been around for a long time. And there are mm-hmm. so many you can there are so many channels you can name that were once rock stars, right? Huge channels, uh, at least for the time, and they're kind of gone, right? They they just you know you 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 never know when <laughs> it will stop, uh, and I think a lot of us are you know conscious of that. And I'm I'm I, so for me it's it's uh, I'm just gonna keep doing it as long as i still enjoy it um on my own terms and if it gets to a point where it either doesn't want me anymore (laughs) or i don't want it anymore uh i'll move on to something else uh because it was never it was never my ambition it's it was more of an accident that has been very i've been very grateful for and it's been very very good to me but um at the same time you know uh who who the fuck knows right like some people can write it out and keep going and i i think for me it again it is a i'll 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 be doing it as long as um i enjoy it and i it can still uh, be a viable uh source source of income and sort of livelihood uh right now it's going good so i can't complain of course, that can change. Yeah. That can change, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't always this way, and you know, very easily, like they'll change something, and oh, uh, no videos can be seen by anybody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, great. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people, rightfully so, because it's your, it's our, it's our jobs. But you know, they. Uh, it sucks, right? Because you put a lot of work into some shit, and then it just doesn't do well. Uh, and it's like, great. Well, uh, it I, this should do well, and I feel like, what changed? Well, the fucking algorithms and what it'll, <laughs> what it'll show people, and uh, people don't check their subs. It's uh, you can't really. <sighs> so much, so much of it is out of your control. So I guess, uh, long story short, I'll do it as long as I can, but. Um, I think I'm in a similar kind of mindset as you, as my priority is elsewhere. My priority is outside of it. Um, I, I don't envision this as a, oh yes, this will last forever. Um, for me, I have other things I'm aiming for that, um, if YouTube can work alongside it, that's great. And if not, then I'll just focus more on that in the future and then. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I've been doing this for 10 years this year. This marks 10 years of mm. um, me completing a game a week every week Yeah. Uh, to get a video out. Yeah. And to fathom that commitment, you know, I'm so I'm so happy and honored and thrilled that I've been able to do it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guarantee around year five or year six, I felt this change of. I can't really be myself anymore mm. on the platform because 
I need to fulfill the beast of of getting content out. Yes. And so it's been, you know, I I made a video last year called I Hate Feeling Like This. And it was kind of just like the first time ever in my YouTube career where I just was like, hey, I'm going to vomit everything about YouTube that affects me and other creators. And no one's talking about it. And it's a poisonous lifestyle that, you know, we all as creators have to kind of go through mm -hmm. that we don't really communicate about. And I made that video and it kind of felt like I was getting a huge like weight off my shoulders. Yeah. But I think what kind of solidified that this place isn't for me like I want it to be, like it used to be, is that uh, that video hit number one on trending worldwide mm. for about 30 minutes. Mm. And then it stopped. Mm. Yeah. And I think that just like I don't I don't know if it's a YouTube thing. I don't know if someone was curating it, but you know, it was the fastest growing. I posted it and I got in the first 10 minutes I was at 100,000 views, sure. which I've never seen any one of my videos ever have that effect. Mm -hmm. And it's because I just kind of felt like I took down the 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 happy go lucky vibe that I output and just said, "Hey, this is a serious problem." Yeah. And to kind of see the platform kind of go your problem's not that important by unplugging it and not showing it to people yeah. it just kind of put this weird feeling in my chest and it made me rethink everything you know i got a new agent mm -hmm. um which i think you and i now share the same agent which is kind of cool are you um, are you with uh with peter yeah yeah peter's a great yeah, guy yeah peter's great yeah yeah he's he uh one of the reasons why i signed with him is because i knew that he represented you oh nice um, yeah, and I and cause, I mean, you know, you've always been like a hard worker and, and a solid dude, and uh, you know, if you're working with Peter, then like that's gotta sh that's gotta mean something for you and him. So, mm. um, I signed with him at the beginning of the pandemic last year, and and working with CAA has been such a game changer. Yeah. It just feels like I'm being heard and and stuff's getting done and moved, and I'm and almost all the projects I have in the works have nothing to do with YouTube, which has always been my goal. Mm -hmm. Um. But I, I felt like I had to make that that video to kind of, kind of tell my audience and tell the world that hey, I'm I'm not going to be around forever. You know, it's yeah. ten years of me doing this, but you know, there there is a there is a point in my life where this this fantasy to be a, a quote unquote influencer, um, kind of goes away and kind of dies down. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I you you kind of hit it up. You know, you said the best of like I'm very fortunate that. I have this lifestyle and then I've, and I've worked my ass off to, to preserve that lifestyle. Yeah. But, um, there's just a certain level of, of, of mental health and physical health and emotional health that is kind of slowly, uh, draining. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I started when I was 23, mm -hmm. but I see the TikTok crew and the, and the remnants of the, the early Viners. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself to be that successful at 12, Oof. Or thirteen, or fourteen. Yeah, I can't. The I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that emotional weight of, of being an influencer at the age of fourteen years old. <sighs> it's it's the it's it's incredible. I I could never do it. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want anyone to feel that weight because, man, it's it's unfathomable. If I'm thirty three and I can't handle it, how's it? How's a fourteen year old kid? supposed to handle it. I 100% agree. That is terrifying to me, that thought, right? Like, um, oof, like, uh, it's, it's a, 
it's a wild, wild west. This whole, you know, as as social media becomes more and more <laughs> prevalent and you know engrossing, right? Uh, and you know the, the kids are getting younger and younger. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in full agreement with you. Uh, I I'm very glad to hear though that you're you're with um, with CAA because that was also a very big uh shift in sort of my um my trajectory as well like um i think i think you're and it already sounds like you're you're they're, 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 doing great with them but i i have no doubt that they will do nothing but help you out because um, they've been very very helpful for me as well in um uh, doing what i want to do um so uh i'm glad to hear that man that, that i i remember that video uh, that you posted, and to me, it really did feel refreshing. Of like, yeah, let's let's fucking talk about it, right? It, this is something that a lot of people can't really understand, but it, I think you presented it in a way that was honest and also easy for people to understand. Oh, this is what people, how people feel in this position. So, I I think it was good to be that honest. The the thing I learned most is that while majority of the comments and the interactions online were very positive on social media, I found that I, I kind of ignited this audience of that was very, I didn't know existed, but it was a very, not hatred, hatred is not the word, envious is the word. Mm. A lot of people kind of going, you know, hey, shut up, kid. You've been here for 10 years. Like, I, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I have 100 subscribers, mm-hmm. and my time hasn't come yet. Like, sh- you know, shut up with your with your your gatekeeping and your you know you're in a position of power and all this stuff and it's like the grass is so much greener on the other side you think you think you know exactly what it is and 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 how to get there and 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 when you get there how great it's going to be but it's so much more different than you think it is mm, mm. and i think that always gets lost because i think there's this essence of fame right there's this essence of you know i want to be a creator i want to be a youtuber a twitch streamer a tiktoker uh you know what an instagram social media influencer they you want that so badly that when you finally get it you realize that oh the money is not great and there's a lot of work to be done here Mm -hmm. and then there's this weird social hierarchy of Oh, I want to be friends with everyone. But then, you know, you make a relationship that doesn't actually benefit you and hurts you and you get taken advantage of. And mm. then you feel like everyone just wants to take advantage of you and you can't trust anyone. And it's this it's almost like you're playing a professional version of high school and <laughs> and there's no money. <laughs> right, right. Like there's the idea of it. Right. There's the idea of money and, and the idea of, oh, man. This one brand deal can bring me five thousand dollars or whatever. That's so cool that I can do that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so not about that ever. It's always it's it, that's the that's the part that you wish was so much more often than not happening. But really, it's it's the engagement, it's the comments, it's it's the pressure to to be role models for people and to succeed at being a role model. Yeah. And when someone in your community isn't a role model anymore, or or gets canceled, or, or does something inappropriate and abuse of power, mm-hmm. you know, then it it just kind of makes that pressure on you to be that much more, yeah, of of a better person, and and that pressure is 
that means no mistakes, you know? Right. You know, I grew up in a Middle Eastern family where, like, if I got a B, you know, I got in trouble. Yeah, you know, me too. I, if, yeah. if I wasn't being a doctor or a lawyer, I I was shunned, mm. you know? I, I had to convince my family that I was going to be an entertainer, and to this day, they still think I'm crazy for it. Mm. And and to have that that familiar, that f- the familiar side of it, right, that family pressure coexist with what this platform is yeah it's it's not really a fun time yeah it beca- when it becomes your 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 livelihood and it is something that is so unstable uh yeah that that really i think is something that a lot of people don't fully comprehend i think people voice few voiceover the same way they're like oh well that must be so great like uh and it's like well every job in voiceover could be your last <laughs> like you have no idea you have to fight every other voice actor <laughs> to get every job you've ever gotten and then even then you're like well uh the, i hope i can get more like even if it's a show like that won't last forever it's it's a very it's a very similar thing so i'm, I'm glad i, I uh, picked two things that have no stability whatsoever uh <laughs> <laughs> to, to follow I'm like but i i think i tell people at least on the voiceover side you gotta you gotta want it real bad because otherwise there's a lot of shit you gotta get through um like you said grass is greener now to kind of uh let's go into more maybe uh uh positive direction uh once yeah. this once this shit's all taken care of like uh have you have you been vaccinated yet yeah, I got my second. I got my first dose a few weeks ago. I got my second dose on the eighth. Nice, nice. I, oh shit! So you're you're like on the eighth. So you're pretty much okay then. Yeah, six, six days away. I get my second dose, and then I'm technically completely quarantine free. Nice. You know, it's like April April twenty first, something like that. Cool, cool. Yeah, I just got mine. Uh, not that long ago, like like the other day. So. Um, when, when, when everything's semi back to normal, what are you, uh, what are you excited for? I'm, I'm excited to go back to Disneyland. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I'm, I mean, you, you and I both share this in common. Like we're Disney heads, right? Yes. You know, we've had the passes. I'm bummed. They took them away. I hope they bring them back. Yeah. And um, they'll bring them back in some form. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just Disneyland and, and, and conventions are the two things that I really miss. If you could go um, to Disneyland right now, uh, let's say it's open and you could go, mm-hmm. what would you do? If I could go right now, I would probably go on Big Thunder first. Mm, good choice. Big Thunder just has this, this huge scope of, you can see so many different parts of Disneyland. It's not a huge coaster, but... It's it's an outdoor coaster, so you just get to experience everything, yeah. um, so quickly and and, and so clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of already forgot there was Star Wars Land. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> did you ride Rise of the Resistance? No, I didn't. I, I, only, I haven't I only ride, yet. I'm I only, so yeah. I'm so desperate to go on it. Oh man, I hear it's amazing. I I forgot about the, that that ride came out. I've only been on the uh, the Millennium Falcon, the the Han Solo one, yeah, or the Millennium Falcon one. Yeah, I'd love to go there, and I'd love to eat the Blue Bayou. Mm, Blue Bayou is great. I I love that place. Yeah, a lot of people are going about uh, what's it called, Carthay Circle or whatever. Yeah, I think Blue Bayou has a beat easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Car- Carthay Circle is good if you're with friends. You know, like if you're just trying to, you got a big group of friends, you want to kind of just get away from everything. But like, 
The atmosphere in Blue Bayou, man, you can't you can't beat that. It's so fun in there. Yeah, atmosphere is great, and the food is fucking good. Like it, it's yeah. not as expensive as Carthay, but I think I think it's like I, I don't know. I actually prefer it. Like I really love Blue Bayou. That's a great choice too. Have you have you done Club Thirty Three? No, I would love to. Have you? Yo, we're going. We're going. <laughs> Let's fucking do I it. I got you. We're going. <laughs> do you do you you have an in? Yeah, my uh my dad has done business with so many people at like Coca Cola and Pepsi yeah. and Avion, all those guys. Um, I took uh I took Aaron and Susie from Game Grumps, mm-hmm. uh Matt, Pat, and his wife, um, and myself and my and my girlfriend. We all went to to club 33 mm. and uh it was it was so good i was so ha- I, I, no one had been before so it was like a really cool mm. thing to like it, let everyone experience and it was it was i think it was my second time going yeah um but uh yeah i'll, I'll have to bring you guys we'll, we'll have to do it it'll be fun i would love to do that yeah what what is um like what's the good shit to eat at club 33 though so the crazy thing about club 33 is that the food gets changed every quarter. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the only thing I think that stays the same, if I recall, is the alcohol beverage menu and the desserts. Mm. But everything else from from your first course to your third course gets changed out. I see. Yeah. And the and the merch too. So if you're like, oh, I want to buy this this hat, like that wasn't available during Club Thirty Three this year, so it's gone now. Uh. Um. So all of us like. <laughs> We went to Club Thirty Three. We we spent hundreds of dollars on all these collectibles, knowing that we're never gonna come back here ever again. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would. Oh God, yeah. Whenever one day when I go, I will do the exact same thing. Uh, I I know uh, my wife would die. Uh, oh, club Thirty Three. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are oh, not yeah. aware, oh. it's a it's a secret club in Disneyland where uh, you can eat, and it's a, it's like a secret society. But yeah, I, I that'd yeah, be fucking great. In order, in order to be, I think if I recall, in order to be involved, you have to like be invited, mm. and if you're invited, you have to pay. It's it's it sucks. It's like you have to pay a one time initiation fee, which is like I, I want to say like forty or eighty grand, something like that. <laughs> and 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 then you pay like I think I think you pay twenty grand a year to go. Wow. Um, <laughs> and. And even at that, you still have to pay for the food when you arrive. That's so um, funny. <laughs> yeah, but the the that membership fee gives you like free free entry to the park for for people you want to take to the club. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So if like you know, Aaron Aaron and I joked that we would form a a Game Grumps completionist trust fund where we could just get membership and then just share the the financial burden every year <laughs> so so wait so you can you get free entry to the park and anyone who you invite with you gets free entry to the park to go to the to yeah the club? it's it's like you get up it depends on on the on the prices and the bundles i'm sure it's changed over the years but to my understanding it's been you pay your membership fee and they give you like up to five i think it's like five or seven passes that are free Mm. or free you pay for your membership but you basically can just take those people with you into the park whenever you come and that's like a part of your membership fee and then you can you can take them to club 33 the crazy thing about club 33 uh is there are regulars that just come in all the time because they have memberships so like you know, when we went, there was like a dude in a track jumpsuit, just like eating, and like all in like suit and tie. And we're like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> so once you have the membership, 
you can go as many times as you want. I think so. There might be a, at least within the year, I think there might be a cap of like how many times you can go within a week, but you can definitely can go. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if I'm, I'm sure I'm saying uh, all the wrong information <laughs> sure. nowadays, but sure. yeah. Oh, let's see. It's, it's 25 grand to sign up. Okay. And then members have to pay an annual fee of, of 10,000 to 15,000 a year. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Damn. And you get you get yeah. I'm trying to see. Oh, I'm I'm looking at the thing right here. So you get access to the actual Club Thirty Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get free parking Ooh. at the Grand California Resort and Spa. Okay. So that's that's pretty that's pretty good if you're into that. Yeah, yeah. You just you get a set number of daily fast passes automatically. Wow. So you can just go. Hey, I want to use these X amount of fast passes on these rides the minute you can as opposed to like waiting, you know, that two hour window yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And the difference is is that there's there's different ones um at the different parks. So the one in LA or the or Anaheim's different than the one in, in Florida. So um, So you have to pay separate. I think so. <laughs> or it might be good for both and it's just that the offerings are slightly different. Interesting. Interesting. So one day, one yeah, day. it'd be fun to go to all of them. <laughs> yeah, oh man, have you been to uh, any of the other parks? Uh, no, I've only, I've only, oh, the parks, yes, I've been to, I went to, um, Florida for the first time a couple years ago with with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and that was a trip because I've always grown up on on the California side of things. Yeah. So to kind of go on like pirates and and uh, some of the more you know. You know, like Haunted Mansion, to see the differences there was a huge mind trip because the yeah. layout's different. The some of the animatronics are different. Um, you know, like the that that was the biggest the biggest thing. But I think I don't know what I like more. I think between the two, I think to me the layout makes so much more sense over at 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 California side. Yes. Whereas in Florida, there's four parks, right? But all of them, it's almost like California Adventure and and Disneyland proper got chopped up into four parks instead of two mm-hmm. and they kind of got pasted together with some new things like animal kingdom um and that kind of stuff yeah but I, I i really want to go to 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 tokyo disney i had the opportunity to go a few times when i was in japan mm-hmm. and we just me and my group just didn't have the energy to go mm. because we just felt like if we went we would have to like go hard only get the experiences that we're interested in and not like experience the entire park you i know? see i so see. i'm hoping that when i go back to um to japan that not only will i do all of that but i'll get to go to super mario world because that'd be great I'm, oh i'm so excited for that i will say i've been to disney sea disney sea is phenomenal yeah highly highly recommend just because it's so different uh mm-hmm. than like a lot of the stuff that here um just as a as just pure just looking around it is such a beautiful park uh and it's got some good rides too um i have not gone to tokyo disneyland proper yet but i would like to go mm-hmm. um and oh man super nintendo world i oh i it's a that's like i gotta take my pilgrimage there at some point like i am very very excited to go um i every time i see videos of it i want to die <laughs> It looks so Yeah, I'm I'm curious so to good. see the LA version of it. Mm. Um cuz I know that they recently 
Uh, my, my buddy works at a Universal as a tour guide, and they were saying that they just cleared out two sound stages to build the rides there, including mm. the Mario Kart ride. So I'm curious to see how they bring it to, to California, let alone to, to the States. Because I know that they have the they have the floor space over in Florida, but in L.A., like, we, you know, Universal Studios is Universal Studios. There's only so many sound stages they can build until yeah. they're out of space. Right. One thing I'm curious about is what is the food going to be like? Because the one in Japan is like yakisoba, right? I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to bring yakisoba over here or like anything that's more Japanese food centric. I'm wondering, are they going to, is it going to be like a fucking <laughs> like cheeseburger mushroom and stuff? Like, I'm like, what, what, how are they going to change things? That's what I'm curious about. But yeah, I imagine that like, in Super Nintendo World in Japan, because it's obviously Nintendo in Japan and like the economy of it all, when they're thinking of like a portobello burger, right? Because you're eating a mushroom from Mario, that's like such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, in yakisoba and things like that. But <laughs> here in the states, it's like you get Luigi mac and cheese, <laughs> <laughs> Princess Peach veggies. Like, yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping they can preserve the uh, sort of creativity of the food because I don't know if you've seen the full menu. Uh, of the of the Japanese park, but it looks pretty spectacular. Uh, I really, really want to go. I also just want to experience Osaka, so I, I I'm excited for that as well. But <sighs> one day, one day when when we can travel, uh, yeah, to the one countries. day when everyone just hopefully gets vaccinated. <laughs> yes, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I'm with you, Disneyland. Let's go, man. Let's just go. I I yeah. there's so many people I know who are desperate to go back and once some kind of pass system is back in oh man i want to go like as as often as is feasible i just I have missed that park so so much uh so we should yeah go. me and my partner go there like once a week just to like have dinner and hang out just because like mm. that's our safe zone yeah you know? we'll make the drive and it's like such a fun thing, but like we don't do that anymore. So like now, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're almost out of it. We're almost out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the time to sit down, man. This, I, I, I uh, every time we talk, I'm always like this. I, I have a good time talking to you, um, and uh, I, I would love to, like I said, go to Disney at some point, or even just hang. Like we should, we should hang. Uh, uh, although obviously schedules can be a little a little tricky, but you know, uh, at some point for sure, man. Absolutely, I think uh, your wife a long time ago was like, "I never played Mario RPG," and I was like, "Oh, we should play it together." So if she hasn't done it yet, <laughs> she still has not played Mario RPG. Uh, she should though. She should. Although, yeah, maybe hot take. Paper Mario is better, mm, but woo, mm, it's a hot take. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. I respect it. I respect it. Come, come. Um, now where, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube over at, uh, youtube.com slash that one video gamer, or you can just search the completionist, um, on Twitch. I'm the completionist on Twitter. I'm completionist Instagram. I'm the completionist. Pretty much. If you just search Gerard Khalil, my name, you'll find completionist and, and all my stuff attached to it. All right. Well, thank you very much again. And, uh, we should talk soon. Absolutely, man. This was this was awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course.